the savior and the slaughter, the terrible thought that Vladimir Putin is trying to make a reality. Last week in Moscow, the Russian dictator quoted Jesus. Some think he's trying to turn the invasion of Ukraine into a holy war. At a Friday rally in Moscow, Putin turned to the Bible. There is no greater love than if someone gives his soul for his friends. Words about Christ used to praise the Russian troops invading Ukraine. The leader of the Russian Orthodox Church, Patriarch Kirill, has added his own spin. He said that serving in the Russian military is an active manifestation of evangelical love for neighbors. That was in February, only hours before the missiles hit Ukraine. These statements can only be described as the speech of Antichrist, not necessarily the Antichrist. But scripture tells us there have been many Antichrists and more will come. But the true Christ will defeat them all. Worthy is the Lamb. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series this week called, Are You Ready? Our series is a very important question to ask because one day the Lord will return. We are living in the end times, and we have been ever since Jesus ascended to heaven. Every day brings us one day closer to that day, the final day. Already this week, we've seen what Jesus himself said about the end. Yesterday, we thought about some of the things the Apostle Paul wrote about 10 times, but today we're going to a slightly different place in the New Testament. Maybe it isn't the book we typically turn to when we think about Christ's second coming, but the book of James does give us some valuable insight when we think about the Lord's return and how we should be patient, standing firm until that great day. How does that happen in a world that's in chaos right now? Well, we're going to talk about that in just a moment, and we're also going to hear from a mother who escaped Ukraine with a very sick child. No one could help us. Uh, most of the um, hospitals were shut down. Uh, the doctors were basically uh, going to go to help the army. And um, so one of the doctors said that we should go to Western Ukraine because no one will help us. That's Svetlana Korovinkina. She's a wife and a mother of two, and she'll join us again in a moment to share her family's escape story and how she's keeping her eyes on Jesus, even in times like this. And thinking about Christ's return, for your gift to this ministry, Haven Today, I'd like to send you a special CD called The Revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John who testifies to everything he saw, that is, the word of God, and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. That's Karen Heimbach performing word for word the entire book of Revelation by memory with the London Symphony Orchestra behind her. I've never heard anything like it. This double CD is a compelling, unforgettable worship experience. It'll leave you saying, even in these times, come quickly, Lord Jesus. So call us at 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN, 
or take a moment and go visit our website to hear more samples from the double CD called The Revelation. Our website is haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And if you still want to help refugees in Eastern Europe, we're still raising money to be sent directly to Mission Eurasia, feeding those in need both bread and the bread of life. Ask about that when you call, or read more when you visit us at haventoday.org. And now let's get the program started with passion. Even so, come. All of creation, all of the earth, make straight a highway, a path for the Lord. Jesus is coming soon. Call back the sin, wake up the saint, let every nation shout of your fame, yes, Jesus is coming soon. Like a bride waiting for her groom, we'll be a church ready for you. Jesus come Even so come Oh Jesus come There will be justice All will be new Your name forever Faithful and true Jesus is come
and so come, Lord Jesus, come. Featuring Christian Stanfield here in this Haven Today, a program called Are You Ready? That's Even So Come. I'm Charles Morris. When we began our time together, we heard a little bit from a woman named Svetlana. She's a Ukrainian Christian married to a Russian Christian. They've lived in Russia for a while, then Donetsk, where they had to flee in 2014. They spent the last few years in the capital of Kiev, but of course the bombs began to fall there these past few weeks, so they left there. We caught up with Svilana at the Children's Hospital in Hanover, Germany. Svilana, I know you and your husband have young children, and you have a daughter with special needs. Was it hard for you to flee the country as a young family? Uh, so when the work broke out on the first morning at 5 a.m., uh, we all woke up to the explosion because there is um, a military airfield next to our city. Uh, so we woke up to the explosion and she started having seizures immediately, like really bad seizures. Um, so the whole day, you know, we were praying, what shall we do about this? You know, we were calling the hospitals and doctors and uh, no one could help us. Uh, most of the um, hospitals were shut down. Uh, the doctors were basically uh, going to go to help the army. And um, so one of the doctors said that we should go to Western Ukraine because no one will help us here. So next morning, you know, we still kept praying, but in the morning there were another explosions, you know, like really big and really close and very, very loud. And she kept having seizures. So we prayed and we just, you know, packed everything in half an hour that we could, um, jumped into the car and we started driving you know, to Western Ukraine. Um, it was hard because usually it takes like um, about a day to get to leave. But this time we were trying for almost three days uh, because there were so many people trying to, you know, uh, take their children away from the war. And uh, there was shooting on the way, of course, and shouting. It was, it was really scary, but, you know, God helped us to get through this. And we ended up in Lviv which is, um, as they say, the Western um, capital of Ukraine. And uh, in Lviv, there was the same situation. No medicine for my baby girl, um, you know, no medical help. And so uh, we spent a really hard night because of, um, we had to hide the whole night because of the uh, air, um, airstrike alarm, basically. And um, my girl was having seizures every 15 minutes. And we prayed, and in the morning, we just knew that we had to go to Poland. This was just, you know, the first week of the war. And so all of the um, customs, like all of the border points were very crowded. There were like huge lines of people with children, you know, uh, elder people, pregnant women, like huge crowds. When we came to the um, border point, uh, the policeman told us that people spent three days standing in the line there. And uh, my girl, she was having seizures all the time. She felt so bad. She was miserable, really. Like, and there was nothing we could do because we didn't have medicine. So we prayed, you know, we prayed, we cried out to God because that's, you know, the only thing you can do, really. You know, you trust God. And uh, the people actually helped us. The people started started letting us through, you know, like um, they would 
just say, you know, go forward. We will go behind you. And so it was like that for the whole day. Basically, we uh, made it to the border point only in um, 24 hours when everybody else was like standing there more than three days. And so when we got to the border point, um, we basically crossed the border. We ended up in Poland and we were taken to the Polish hospital and they helped her immediately. Like it was, it was a miracle for us, you know, because God is saving our baby's life all the time. You know, she's a miracle from God from the very start. And he just, he helped us, you know. Such a story of endurance, Svetlana. Our hearts go out to you here in North America. I want you to stay with us. And in a moment, please share how the Lord Jesus has sustained your faith in a time like this. You're listening to Haven Today in a program called Are You Ready? And this week, we've looked at the words of Jesus and then the words of Paul, who both spoke about the end of the world. But I wonder if the book of James comes to mind when we consider such things. Well, let's hear what he had to say under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It's found in chapter 5, verses 7 and 8. Be patient, then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You, too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. The epistle of James is about authentic faith. James wrote to Jewish Christians who were scattered by the persecution in Jerusalem. And apparently, one of the problems the group was facing was false faith. People would say they were Christians, but then act and live like nothing had changed. So James wrote a letter to them, telling them that faith without works is dead. They weren't saved by their works, of course. That would contradict the rest of the Bible. But true faith always responds to God's grace with good works. And the response he speaks of there in chapter 5 is specific. James wants his readers to be patient as they wait for Christ's return, like a farmer patiently waiting to see his crop come out of the dirt. Patience, that's a word that we don't always like to hear nowadays. And have you ever prayed for patience? Our Lord often answers that prayer by giving us stressful situations the very things that often make us impatient. And we are an impatient people, aren't we? Let's think about this for a minute. Imagine with me that you and I are living on the East Coast way back in the 1820s. We're just ordinary people, people who are trying to make a living and put food on the table. And the fastest way we could get information to relatives many miles, or nowadays in some places kilometers away, is to write a letter mail it, and wait for somebody on a horse to carry it in a mail sack. And that's as fast as things could go since the dawn of time. For all of mankind's inventions over the years, for all the things our ancestors built, until about 200 years ago, we couldn't go faster than a horse could run. But what about now? Not many days ago, I was in Poland with several members of our team, and it took us less than a day to get there from the west coast of North America to Eastern Europe in a matter of hours. Can you believe it? And when I landed, I could text family and friends back home, and they were replying to me within seconds. The technology we have now has made our lives much easier in many ways, but it has also made us even more impatient, hasn't it? We want our emails sent immediately, 
and our text messages. We hate traffic, and our frozen dinners are microwaved, and they're ready in minutes. But not everything is easy or quick. I don't know about you, but one thing I'm impatient about is our Lord's return. Sometimes I understand the cry of God's people over the last 2,000 years. How long, O Lord? Because life living in a fallen world is never easy. And I think the last two years have made us realize that in a new way. March 2020 is when everything started to change. Businesses and schools shut down. You couldn't find toilet paper in grocery stores. And since then, it seemed like almost everything that could happen did happen. You know, I think it's a natural thing for every generation of Christians to think they are the last, that Jesus will return in our lifetime. They thought that in the 300s when the city of Rome fell to barbarians. They thought it in the Middle Ages when the Black Plague was tearing through Europe. They thought it during the Reformation when everything was changing so rapidly. And we think of it right now, don't we? But the fact of the matter is, no one knows but God. He has assured us that the end will come and all things will be made right, but we can't tell the day or the hour. Many people have tried. Even in my lifetime, people have predicted that Jesus would return at such and such a time, but it didn't happen. Still, more wars and rumors of war. That's our world today. But it's been our world since Jesus came the first time. One day he will return, but no one knows exactly when. And he told us that himself. So what do we do in the meantime? He could return later today, but he could also come decades from now. We are an impatient people. And we haven't even gone through what the people in Ukraine are experiencing right now. A country burning, towns destroyed, families torn apart, and loved ones killed. It's hard to imagine how the Christians in Ukraine must feel. They went through COVID just like we did. And now look at what's happening. It only makes sense that impatient people like us are impatient about our Lord's return. But that's the opposite of what James writes here in the fifth chapter of this epistle. So what are we supposed to do in the meantime? Be patient. James went on to say this. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. We aren't the first people to go through things like this, and that can be comforting, not just because other people know how we feel, but because God was faithful to those people when they went through trials and tribulations, just like he is faithful to us. He is full of compassion and mercy after all. Now let's return to Hanover, Germany. Svetlana was sharing with us a few moments ago about the Lord's faithfulness. Svetlana, the Lord has helped you and your family escape Ukraine and get to a really safe place and a fine children's hospital. How has your faith in Christ been sustained through all of this? It's basically the foundation of everything for us. I can't even imagine, you know, people going through this really hard things without God. Uh, because um, we basically, we left everything behind, you know, the home we built, uh, you know, all of our belongings, all of our friends, our church, everything we left behind. My whole family is in Ukraine. 
And uh, my, my husband is Russian originally. He's from Russia. And it's so hard for him to understand even this. And um, I, I don't know, you know, I don't think we could go through all of this without God, without, you know, our faith, without Jesus in our lives, because he gives you forgiveness. He gives you clear vision, you know, um, he sustains you. Like this morning, I read that even when I am troubled, you know, and confused, he, uh, he basically, he renews everything for me. He gives me strength. And it's just like that, you know, when, whenever we feel like our world is falling apart, we have the privilege of, you know, going to our knees and praying, and that just changes everything. I cannot imagine going through this without Jesus. Sweet Lana, we're so thankful you could join us here on this Haven today. Let me pray for you and your family right now. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate this. Lord in heaven, we just pray for this mother and for her family. We thank you that even with special needs, they were able to escape and you've protected them. But we also want to pray for those who are still behind and those who are there right now with bombs going off all around them, people dying. Lord, may you intervene in this war even right now. Intervene in a mighty way as we await the return of our Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.
Linda Rample, soon and very soon, from the album God on the Mountain. I'm Charles Morris here on Haven Today. There are millions, just like Svetlana and her family, who need help right now in Eastern Europe. Every $50 you send feeds a family of five for a week. How many families is the Lord calling you to help? We're sending the money directly to Mission Eurasia, helping refugees right now with food and the food of the gospel. Please pray boldly, but then would you give boldly? The number to call right now is 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN, or go to our website, haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Remember, not a dime for Haven. We don't take out any administrative fees. What you give to Ukraine goes to Ukraine, and we'll clearly ask how much for Ukraine, how much for Haven today. And a quick reminder of the Revelation Double CD we have for your gift to the ministry. It's a word-for-word recitation of the final book in God's Word, accompanied by the London Symphony Orchestra. It's powerful. It'll fill you with hope that Jesus is returning soon. Ask about it when you call or listen to samples when you visit us online. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we'll share with you the great story, the story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. It isn't really a secret or a surprise that the Lord calls His people to live holy lives. After all, He is holy. And as the Holy One, He calls us to be holy. But our source for holy living must have come as a shock. What must I do to inherit eternal life? The theologian asked in Luke 10. Two commands. Love the Lord your God with everything you have. Love your neighbor. No use asking who your neighbor is because of Jesus Christ. You're everyone's neighbor. In Jesus' world, the way of holiness was the way of surrender. And he should know, right? Out of love, he surrendered his own life, not for himself, but to make us holy. Meet up with Jesus every day. Visit GetAnchor.com.